to the Infertile Mafia. That is Sarah. And that is Kayla. And today we're talking about the big one. The mother of all treatments. IVF. In vitro fertilization. Yes. It's time. We've arrived. Yes. People have been asking. When are you going to talk People about IVF? People have been asking. Yeah. In fact, I think we polled people in our Facebook group, hey, what do you want to talk about? And more than one person said, can you just give us a crash course on IVF? Because we've got that coming up. So that's what we're doing. We're not getting into specifics. We're just giving you the basics today. Yes, this is an overview. Yeah. But first, we're going to talk about the business. Which has to do with IVF. Because it's related to our IVF giveaway, um, which we did. We had two winners, and I thought this was a good idea because someone who had entered the giveaway um, told us, hey, even if I don't win, can you tell me what you're including? Because I want to know because I've got IVF coming. So we thought it would be... so we're telling you now. Great to let you guys know what we included. Yeah, so the first thing was a cooler bag with our logo on it. It's just a little, like, it it would hold six cans, probably, (laughs) of something, of a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Or a whole lot of Follistim. Yes. Gotta keep that Follistim cool. And then a t-shirt with our logo. Right. And some... Home pregnancy test. The first response. The fancy ones. Yeah. Because you need those. <laughs> and they're expensive. They are. And you you threw in some fun, like, ice packs. Yes. Yes, I did. Forgot about those. Um, and I threw in some fun band-aids. Mm-hmm. Those were very cute. They had unicorns on them. <laughs> Because you're magical. We have a running theme of unicorns on unicorns this podcast. Are in. They are in. Yeah. A- <laughs> uh, also, protein bars. Lots right. of protein. And we threw that in because you need to push protein after an egg retrieval. Yeah. That's what helps get the fluid out. Especially if you overstem, like, you did, right, Kayla? Right. Yeah, I had OHSS. I did so. not overstim, but I was still feeling pretty bad. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Overstimming would make that much worse. So the protein helps with that. Absolutely. Uh, and a little lidocaine cream. Yeah, I never used that stuff. I thought about ordering it, but I never did. If I would have won a giveaway or something, I would have totally used it. <laughs> I'll be honest, like for the winners on the lidocaine cream, it does help. It really does. But I didn't use it for very long because it's just, it's like, I feel like it's great in the beginning when you're getting used to doing a shot every day. But then after a while, you could like literally do it in your sleep. Yeah, there comes a point when you're like, I don't even care anymore. Right. And you don't even use any anything like to numb it or to heat it up. Yeah, you just, it's like, you, you just, just like, tell your husband, I'm going to bend over, stick it in. 
Yeah, or you do it yourself. And I'm not talking about your wangy dangy. <laughs> wangy dangy, what is that? Is that oh what my. you call it? <laughs> I don't know why that popped That's into hot. my head. <laughs> but really, oh, after man. like doing it for eight weeks, you're just like, eh, whatever. There's no helping these lumps. Under my skin. No, but I think it's like, if you're really scared of shots, I do think it helps in the beginning to kind of like work your, work your courage up to just go for it. And it, cause it does help. It does numb the tissue. So it does help. Anyway. <laughs> and then just a couple more things. Uh, um, airborne. I've, yeah. I've never had that, but it was created by a teacher, a teacher. And you know yeah. they're around all those germy little kids. Mm-hmm. Blah. Children. It, it's basically just a whole bunch of vitamin C, which is like, I just think it's great to have a whole bunch of vitamin C, which, which you is, can't overdose on. Which you can't overdose on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mandy taught us a valuable lesson she about did. vitamins. I just think it's good to like be, you know, as healthy as possible. So that's a good like antioxidant keeps you keeps you healthy. Because the I last thing you want is to get sick. Ugh. Well, sure. Children, they're <laughs> disgusting. They're very sticky. Um, they they, yeah, they're just walking incubators of germs. Really, mm. <laughs> they always yeah. get me sick. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm glad my niece is older now, and she's not sick all the time. Yeah, and all up in my face with her germs. <laughs> and of course, my in-laws never tell me when someone's sick. Now they do because they know. Yeah, that I get mad if I go there and get sick. <laughs> it's a. It's like a hot topic in mommy groups. Like, don't bring your sick kid around. You know. Well, that's common sense, but most people do it anyway. Right. <laughs> I just want to know if I'm going somewhere, if there's someone that's going to be sick, whether it's an adult or a child. Yeah, right. For it's me. like common courtesy. Yeah, because I'm right. the one who gets sick. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, anyway we're digressing. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> one more thing, and I threw this one in was that IVF coloring book to uh, help you get through the two-week wait. Yeah. And I know it's ironic considering I made fun of coloring books. <laughs> like oh, yeah. The second, second or third episode, and I was making fun of that Ava article that was like, color and draw. Oh, my gosh. I, I could go off on a tangent about that if you want to talk about it real quick after this, but the Ava about, bracelet. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, anytime we talk about it, it's <laughs> just a short tangent. But the coloring book made packaging a little difficult. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, you winners, your coloring book may be a little bit bent because I really <laughs> got it in the box there. Oops. Sorry. I had to fit everything in this little box. Yeah. Because it's what I had. To the winners, I want to see some beautiful, artistic illustrations of uteruses and penises and sperm. The coloring book was funny, though. I looked through it. Yeah. It was, yeah. 
<laughs> that's just like a you know like thing to help you get through the two week wait yeah something uh like a lot of people say they craft in our facebook group mm-hmm. yeah or do some you know we talked about that like something that's mindless with your hands seen a couple take cuteruses cuteruses yeah or wonder woman was, was that one of those <laughs> yeah wonder woman okay so the ava bracelet yeah I just happened to come across this, I want to say, singer. I don't know who she is, but I think that she has a pretty big following. Mm -hmm. And she was on One Tree Hill. Okay. So she's like an actress singer, and her name's Jana. But she's promoting the Ava bracelet and saying it got her pregnant. I've seen seen that ad. Have you? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... She did IVF. <laughs> but she miscarried and then got pregnant the next month spontaneously. And now she's promoting the Ava bracelet saying that in that time between the miscarriage and getting pregnant right after the miscarriage, the Ava bracelet is what got her pregnant. Even though she did IVF. Even though she did IVF and with her first daughter, the exact same thing happened. She did IVF, miscarried, got pregnant the following month. And didn't use the Ava bracelet. No. The first time. No. Okay. I'm biting my tongue so hard because I have I have talked so much trash about that bracelet. <laughs> And I'm not, I'm just, I, everyone knows how I feel about it, that I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna refrain. People in the comments are being nice. They're just like, I just, it doesn't work. Or they're saying it's too expensive to even try. Mm -hmm. They're either saying it didn't work for them or it's too expensive to try. And then other people are trying to sell it for cheap in the comments. Yeah. We talked about that. Like the only positive comments are people like that have an offer code, which means they're getting a kickback. No, these people are trying to sell their bracelet that didn't work oh. for them. Oh, oh, there's a black market for, for them a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. I just I saw mean, that I, and I was like, oh, that's that seems dishonest to me. It does, which is what I. Okay, I know I said I wasn't going to say. Here I go. It's not. It's not that I don't think it works. It probably does help you track your ovulation. According but it costs to costs $250. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to work for people with PCOS, at least not very well. And what it tracks, you could easily do with a basal body temp thermometer and OPKs, which are much cheaper. Well, and people so, say that it doesn't even track that well. So Right. So... Everyone knows how we feel about Ava. We will never get a sponsorship. How from much them. do they need to pay you to promote their product? Give I don't me a know, price, but Kayla. There's so many celebrities that promote it, which is also very suspect to me. I wonder how much because, they're getting paid. Yeah, but they have to be like Khloe Kardashian. She won't do anything for, you know what I mean? Like the, the Kardashians have so much money. 
It's ridiculous. So there's no way they're going to like promote a pro- a product unless they're making bank on it. Wait, did she so, promote the Ava bracelet? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I thought Her, that and there's so just, many others that do. Know, went bareback. anyway anyway let's i never trust a product with that many celebrity endorsements Mm -hmm. end of story (laughs) anyway moving on to ivf let's get off the ava bracelet and on to ivf all right ivf Uh, ivf tell us some general facts sarah about ivf um, yeah. The odds of pregnancy and birth are much higher, which you're going for birth there, not just <laughs> right. pregnancy. You're yes. going for live birth. Yes. Um, it's still not a guarantee, of course, and it always depends on your age and your infertility diagnosis. Right. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of things that go into finding the success rates for your individual case yeah i think um you'll see like the statistic of like 40 to 60 Mm percent usually like but that is very dependent like you said on your um individual infertility diagnosis so like someone who's young who like with PCOS for example like your rates are probably going to be on the higher end of that as opposed to someone who's like in their 40s with low ovarian reserve they're you know like so that statistic doesn't really have anything to do with like generally everyone how successful it is yeah it's really dependent on um your individual diagnosis having said that it is the most successful fertility treatment (laughs) yeah i saw a lady in india got pregnant through ivf and she was in her 70s what yeah they use donor eggs of course but she got pregnant carried it had the baby everyone was happy yeah why why uh do you want me to go into the story no, it's well, maybe a little bit, yeah, because I'm super curious. Okay, so the overview of the story: her and her husband got married long time ago because they're in their seventies. Yeah, never had a baby. Was so, it Sarah from the Bible? <laughs> we talked about. I don't her. know if her name was Sarah or not. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing not. Guessing not. Yeah, <laughs> but so he married her sister too, because he's like, you're not getting me babies. Okay. This is like Sarah from the Bible. And her sister didn't have kids either. And okay, so that's where it ends. <laughs> in India, IVF is really big. And um, these people are from a really small village. And they the sister is younger. And they would have had her have the baby. But she had some sort of health issue that they were like, no, not you. Let's have the 70-year-old do it. Oh, my gosh. It must have been a major issue. I can't remember what it was. It might have been heart or blood pressure issue. Anyway, so they uh, got the money. I think they took out a lot of loans, went to the clinic, got the old lady pregnant, and she, I mean, the baby was premature and probably 
not like super healthy is how much can a 70 year old nourish a baby but i mean she had it that's insane yeah i and, i don't know how to feel about that and that's they just want crazy. more kids i think but they use donor eggs yeah and they put it in her dusty old uterus <laughs> so i guess your uterus can still do its thing even if you went through menopause wow yeah i'm imagining breastfeeding when i'm 70 yeah, I don't Oof. know if she breastfed or not. Maybe. I mean, these puppies are hanging low already. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That was an interesting tangent. Sorry. Sarah, thank yeah, you for but, that. I no, mean, it was good. It can happen. I got to go read an article about that now because I'm like, that's so fascinating. Yeah, I, I had a lot of mixed I can't feelings about possible. it too. Yeah. I was like, uh is that really responsible? I I mean, I guess you said she carried it to term, but... In America, they would not do that. Probably not. <laughs> but in India, they do not have the same, like, ethical guidelines. Mm. I bet you could find a doctor somewhere in the, in the States that would do it. For a 70-year-old? I, uh, I mean... Like, I feel like that's not fair. Can you just imagine seeing a 70-year-old woman walking down the street like nine months pregnant? Can you imagine like, the looks what's she got? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. That, that would look really weird. It would be so weird. That's crazy. Oh, anyway. Man. Okay. I wanted to um, quote real quick. And I'm not, it's not a quote, but I want to... What is the direct? There we go. Everyone to this article, fertilitysuccessrates.com. I'm not going to read from it, but you guys can. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it just like it talks about success rates of IVF and it talks about how to decipher the data. So it like makes more sense of like what we're talking about, um, like how they come up with the success rates um, because it's like different for frozen embryos and um, fresh transfers and it's different for age and anyway it breaks it all down for you so I thought it was a good website so again that's fertility successes fertility success rates.com sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay um, another thing to know about IVF is it's expensive I feel like everyone knows that yeah, but how expensive um, mm -hmm. you're probably going to be paying at least $10,000, if not much more. Yeah, mine was much more than that. But that's probably, you're probably right. That's yeah, I'm just throwing out a ballpark. Starting, figure. yeah. Like, yeah. my IVF was 7800 but that mm -hmm. didn't include monitoring and labs and meds. Yeah. Yeah, the the ICSI. the meds and the surgery and the embryologist stuff is the most expensive, which I pretty much just said all of it. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably looking at at least fifteen thousand, at probably. least. Yeah, but I just think it's like one of those if you're thinking about it to start planning for that. And if you can ask your doctor to give you a ballpark so that you don't, because I've seen it so many times where people have an idea in their head how much it's 
gonna cost and then they're wrong about it because and like all these other things like like you said ICSI or genetic testing of the embryos or Oof. um like assisted hatching all this all these like add-on things they freezing keep, yeah freezing embryo storage like all these things keep adding up so it's good to like at least have a general idea of the price tag before you go in and if you're saving up and then you get pregnant another way, you have all that Bonus. money saved up. Yeah. Right. So can't hurt either way. I like to tell people that um, the worst part of the egg retrieval day for me was not the surgery itself. It was like slapping down my credit card and paying the bill. <laughs> because <laughs> they I mean we paid for everything out of pocket and they collected the payment before the surgery that was the most painful part <laughs> I was always afraid it wasn't going to go through oh your credit card like, just work. like holding your breath <laughs> yeah that's embarrassing um, yeah and it usually takes longer than people think like you can't okay you tell people who have no idea how IVF works you're doing IVF mm. they think you're going to be pregnant tomorrow <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is not and the case. Not, no. uh, cycles last on average, I would say, from actually starting the cycle, like six weeks, if you include I the was, birth control. Yeah. Oh, I was That's on without the, a transfer, though. It's like at least six weeks without a transfer. Yeah. I guess it depends on what you're counting. Because yeah. the first time I was on birth control, seven weeks. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe your down regulation protocol is longer. I said in the best case scenario, it's about three months to go through a full cycle with a frozen embryo transfer. If you do Oof. a fresh one, it'll yeah. be sooner. But it's because you do down reg, then you do stimming, surgery, freeze the embryo, wait for your next cycle, then transfer it. It's like three months in the best case scenario with no yeah. delays yeah that's if you do the frozen i did um fresh i i did both yeah yeah so, so just depends on what you do and i mean you're gonna try to explain that to someone who has no idea how ivf works then it'll <laughs> just be very confusing for everyone it's the most confusing thing is when you're like yeah i'm taking birth control to get pregnant they're like what <laughs> and you're like, birth I know, control. it's confusing to me too <laughs> <laughs> This birth control is the worst birth control you can get Like, it doesn't make anyone feel good No, I've heard a lot of people complain about the down reg with the Oof. birth control I felt crazy And I don't I usually like feel like that Yeah And it made me throw up too it made me nauseous. Hormones, man, they are such a bitch. They are. <laughs> this birth control is the worst. Yeah. It's the worst part of all the meds to me. Uh, For me. Yeah. It depends on the person. But yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it can be tough. But even the birth control before, you, before you're even like getting started. Yeah. And like we said, there's a lot of variations, of course. Mm -hmm. So everyone's treatment is individualized, which also takes time because you have to do all your labs and do all the testing before 
you do you jump into IVF. Yeah, you can't just like pop into your RE's office and get started. Like, <laughs> let's suck some eggs out of me. Yeah, pretty much everything we've talked about on this podcast, you got to do that first. It's so. it's a step at a time type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a big investment. I saw this. Hmm? Sorry, I saw this. Speaking of variations with IVF treatment. I saw this website on, I think it was Fertility Partners. I don't know. It's like a big clinic in California. Um, And I swear it was like, am I at a car wash? Like looking at all the, like they had all the add-ons itemized on their website. Like Nice. All these different things you can do with IVF. You know, I like that. Do you? I I felt like. But they were, like, advertising it like it was, I don't know. Did they give you prices? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's like a menu. It is good. It's good to know the prices. But it felt like, like, they called it, like, the deluxe package. And That's kind of weird. It was weird. When they put it in package form like that. Yes, they put it in package form and, like, named the packages. Like, I want to know prices. Yeah. Prices are good. But you're not trying to sell me a wedding photography package. Yes, that's what it felt like. It felt so just commercial. It was like, what? That's why I said it really it felt like the car wash. You do, you, do I want the deluxe wash? Do I want you tell the me what I need? I don't What's tell that? you. I the doctor, like you tell me what I need. I don't tell <laughs> you what package I want. Yeah. I'm going to find that and link it in the show notes. Or maybe I'll share it in the Facebook group. Of course. It's, I want to get other people's opinions. Like, do you like this or not? Everybody's <laughs> different. Anyway. People will be like, that's my clinic. <laughs> I'm sure somebody. It's like a huge clinic in L.A. So. I wonder if that's where Cassie's going. Oh, yeah? She's going to a clinic in L.A. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to find out. We're yeah. interviewing her in an upcoming episode. Yep. So, okay. yeah, like we said, last thing, obviously, it's an enormous investment of time, money, and emotions. <laughs> Probably the biggest investment is emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I feel like most people are going to know this next part, but when it's time for IVF, Obviously, it's a personal decision between you and your partner and your doctor. Um, But generally speaking, if other fertility treatments have been unsuccessful, like multiple IUIs or multiple rounds with ovulatory drugs, then a lot of times the doctor's like, let's stop wasting our time. Let's move on to IVF. Or, of course, if you have like a severe infertility diagnosis that jumps you to IVF, like Sarah, if you have blocked tubes. Yeah. Or if you have, like, a known um, immune disorder or, like, a genetic disorder and a bodily injury to your reproductive organs. Any of those things would jump you right to IVF as well. So, um, I got that I want to quote this. Maybe I shouldn't after... after our most recent episode on IUIs. Will, is it 
truthful information that's based on statistics? It's fr- <laughs> it's from a doctor. Well, then quote it. It's from an Ari. So, and she's she was talking about when to move on from IUI. She says IUI offers only a 16% pregnancy rate each cycle for the best prognosis patients, defined as those with a young age with open tubes and normal semen analysis. IVF utilizing ICSI provides a 60 to 70% live birth rate for the best prognosis patients. So with the same parameters, young, good, good sperm. Uh, the problem our patients run into is putting too much time, money, and emotional investment into intercourse. Oh, well, okay. Or IUI <laughs> treatments only to find out it hasn't worked for them. Therefore, in most cases, with two to three failed IUI cycles, we encourage you to move on to IVF. This can ultimately be the best step you take to fulfilling your dream of becoming a parent. And that is from, it's a, it's from actually an endocrinology group in, it's like a blog almost, um, there in South Carolina. It's called, well, I'll link it in the show notes too. Um, is it Prague? It, is it what? Prague? Yeah, Prague. Yeah, pregonline.com. Oh, have you? Yeah, I know people who went to them. Okay, cool. They got But it's like a... (laughs) It's like a blog (laughs) post from their website. So it's from a doctor, so don't get mad at me. Yeah, that's pretty standard, though. Yeah, it is. All of that standard. Yeah, let's not get off on another IUI tangent. This episode's about IVF. <laughs> Major steps for IVF. You ready for this? Here we go. Here's do you the mind crash if I course. Just, do you mind if I just go down the list? Um, yeah, without that's fine. explaining each step. Well, we should maybe explain it a little bit. Well, I'll explain it like slightly, but yeah, go okay. for it. Down regulation is the first thing you do, which shuts down the ovaries and like calms everything down. Kind of makes your body go into menopause in a way. Yeah. And uh, they can do this through birth control or Lupron. Mm-hmm. And then... I was so confused about down regulation. You Sorry, were? I just wanted... To, yeah, because it didn't... I was like... I just had a hard time wrapping my head around the concept of why it was necessary. And I guess it's just because like it gives the it really gives the doctor full control over the growth of the eggs. So if you yes. don't do that, then your cycle just keeps continuing like it always does, meaning that you have follicles that are already like starting to activate, <laughs> so to speak. Or not activate. Yeah, so the down regulation just like puts you at a complete like zero baseline so the doctor can like have all the control over their growth. He's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. I also think part of it's for scheduling. <laughs> yeah. It is. I'm, I don't think that I know it. Do, do you think that's why you were on birth control for so long? Yeah. Okay. Mm. It was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They they told you that? Yeah. They're like, you're yeah. the cycle. Our block of people starts October 20th. And they kind of um, 
had people spaced out by a couple days here and there. But the block of people started their cycle their uh, cycles at the same time that's crazy i mean it's so wild to me it never ceases to amaze me how much like i don't know just how much they can do and how much they can't do still but Mm -hmm. (laughs) they really can do a lot yeah and they it helps with scheduling because then you have all the egg retrievals around the same time yeah and but then you wouldn't want them all the same day either so that's why well, they want them on the same day. Some of them, well, like they space them out, and then they yeah, have but them I just, right after one another. Right, but I just mean if you had like fifteen patients, you wouldn't want them all on the same day. So it's like no. it seems it seems callous and cold that a doctor would be like, but they have to be practical too. Like they're, you know what I mean? They have to be. That's why they do the trigger shot. Right. So they can schedule it. Right. But next, so after down down regulation, they do ovarian stimulation with close monitoring. And so that's where they give you the Follistim and the Menopure. The old lady pee. Yeah. So they're wanting to grow as many follicles together at the same rate as they can. Yes. And they they don't want to lead follicle. They just want them Mm-mm. all to be the same. The lead follicle turns into the bully. Yeah, the lead if you have a lead follicle that's not so great. Right. And so that, they do, those are all shots. Yes, I mean. all these are shots. Um the stimulation, the ovarian stimulation lasts what is it? Probably on average 9 to 12 days. Something like that. I was going to say seven to ten. So, yeah, it's usually around a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And you're when we say monitoring, it's like every couple of days usually. Mm-hmm. And that's you go in for blood work and ultrasound during monitoring. Yes. So, and they compare your estrogen level to the number of follicles. And FSH and LH. Yeah. And your lining. They're checking the lining too. Oh yes, the lining. Um I don't I don't remember them checking my FSH and LH, but they might have and just not told me. And your progesterone. Check. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they they're they're looking at all the hormones, I think. Probably. And speaking of lining, I didn't I forgot about this, but and I don't know if maybe this is standard protocol, but I took estrogen supplements too like after at the beginning of the cycle uh, um, for lining growth specifically I took it my first fresh cycle that didn't work but I don't think I took it the second fresh cycle I can't remember okay it was a different clinic they were different clinics but for the frozen embryo transfer I took the estrogen the whole time yeah that's a but that could be another thing that you again they're like so they're controlling <laughs> all your hormones yeah and that's just a pill do what and that's just a pill it's not yes um and then they do the egg maturation (laughs) maturation (laughs) they say that right so they yeah uh, they want your eggs to mature so they give you the trigger shot and then 36 hours later they suck the eggs out of your follicles 
which is the the egg egg retrieval. And at the same time as the egg retrieval, uh, your husband or whoever is giving the semen sample. And then they put those together for fertilization. And that's where that embryologist comes in. And they're super important. Yeah. You have to have a good embryologist. So they will either do natural fertilization or they will do ICSI, which is where they inject one sperm into the egg. A good looking sperm. They pick out a good looking one and stick him right in. (laughs) Yeah. My RE described the egg retrieval. She said she she's so funny she was like i feel like i'm playing a video game i'm just really (laughs) she said i always play like she likes to see not only like how many she she like counts them as she goes and kind of like times herself (laughs) because it's quick egg retrieval is pretty quick it is what is it like 10 minutes (laughs) yeah i mean i guess it's probably different depending on how many eggs you have but it's not Mm -hmm. a long drawn out surgery i feel like most people only have to be in like twilight anesthesia yeah that's what i've always been in yeah it's a nice little nap it is it's kind of kind of great it is they (laughs) give you some fluids then they put you to sleep and then and you feel really floaty Mm mm-hmm it it feels good and then you wake (laughs) up and you're like how many what the hell just happened (laughs) yeah yeah, that's your first question. Do you remember my YouTube video when Bill videotaped me right after the egg retrieval? No. And I'm just like mumbling some kind of incoherent. <laughs> no, I don't I have to go yeah. find it. Is it still up? Yeah, it's still up. But it's so funny to me, like looking back on it now. But I agree with you. As soon as you are like conscious, you're like, how many eggs? We had then bets they, with my family. We had a they running come bet. come in and tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah. they call you the next day and tell you how many fertilized. Or, eat. yeah, I guess every clinic's different when they call you. Some oh. don't tell you anything until day five. Oof. That would I know. be rough. Yes. And then, The waiting I mean, for the embryos for, is rough. Do I? Sorry. <laughs> the waiting for the... Uh, fertilization report is tough. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they call you on day three and say, come in, you know, that's like <laughs> not, not, not great not news. Good. Right. Or if the embryologist is like, are you sure she's 25? <laughs> Which is what happened to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Then he saw he me and like, like eggs. Eh, you are. <laughs> I thought you were 40. Oh. And then from there, you will either do a fresh transfer, which uh, most clinics like to do on day five with a blastocyst or two. It seems like uh, a lot of clinics are moving towards a single Single. embryo transfer. Yes, that's true. But wouldn't that usually be used in combination with uh, the PGD or PGS testing a lot of the time. Uh, what do you, a single transfer? Yeah. What do you mean? Um, doctors would feel better putting a 
tested embryo in f- during a frozen t- transfer, knowing that p- genetically it's normal. Yeah, I would think so. I would think they would be more confident transferring a genetic test tested embryo to like only transfer one as opposed mm-hmm. to. I mean, it's very rare that doctors will transfer more than two, even in the United States. It's illegal in Europe. Really? Mm-hmm. Because, and a lot of places have nationalized health care, and really, like, the bottom line is they don't want the cost of the risk of multiples, because now the it, the weight is on the back of the taxpayer. Huh, that seems kind and of smart. <laughs> that the insurance is like thinking about tough pregnancies and yeah <laughs> i mean that's really what it comes down to is that multiple pregnancies are more expensive and they're riskier they often involve a lot more uh healthcare that makes sense so yeah you would think I that insurance it. companies would get behind fertility treatments and embryo tra- testing, so there's less risky pregnancies and uh, maybe less health issues for the child. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's a complicated beast, which we've talked about a lot. But I'm pretty sure that's why they don't like they will not do multiple transfers I don't think in maybe it's not every country country in Europe but I know some they won't do it for that reason I want to talk to you about that more in depth in the future yeah because I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts on it yeah I want to know because you are a twin mom so and I transferred two embryos yeah and I want to know yeah yeah (laughs) I want to know what, like, what you think about it. Because I transferred I be, one. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm happy to share. My, in the we future. don't have to do it now. We don't have in to do future. it right now. But yeah. anyway, so you either do an embryo transfer or you freeze your eggs. Embryos. Embryos. I mean, some people freeze their eggs, but. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is for a fresh transfer. So if you do a fresh transfer, you're going to be on progesterone. Which mm-hmm. um, I Sucks only did the balls. suppositories during the fresh transfer, <laughs> which was fun. Yeah, <laughs> like you do. Th- I did three a day for the fresh transfer, and then for the frozen embryo transfer, I did the progesterone and oil shot along with one suppository a day. Oh, which was better on did you- the discharge. <laughs> if you had to choose like one or the other which one's worse mm, I I would probably do the suppositories okay because I think I damaged a nerve with <laughs> the progesterone <laughs> and oil which is yeah. our fault my it's fault probably too. it was probably one of the shots I did myself I told you I have permanent scar tissue and went too low damage. yeah keep it above your butt crack <laughs> <laughs> or right at your butt crack you don't want to go too high either well yeah but you definitely don't want to go too low even though i mean <laughs> the shot will be fine as 
like getting the progesterone to you, but sure. you'll hit a nerve. <laughs> yeah, but you can hit a nerve anywhere because there's nerves everywhere. So I took, yeah. I, I mean, I have so many issues with my nerves in my butt from PIO shots. Yeah. I took the, I took it in the in the twins pregnancy until like well into my second trimester and then I did it every other cycle. So I think I added it up one time. It was like oh, almost half a year of Ugh. daily shots of progesterone in your butt. Like yeah, muscle shots. And they suck. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're just they're not, part of the fun. They're not like this horrible thing or anything. No, they're you can do it. They're doable. They and yeah. it's just like, whatever. But they also are not something I would just do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But you get through them and then you're like, yeah, I'm done. Right. And it's yeah. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, you do a pregnancy test. Yeah. After your two-week wait, which when you do IVF is not as long so no. five days less at there's least. a silver lining for you <laughs> and you have pictures of your embryos yeah that's the best really, part really early baby pictures i have mine in little pineapple frames Mm-hmm. mine are framed too so cute yeah but that i mean that's one nice thing about ivf is that your two-week wait is more like 10 five. days Oh, it depends on how <laughs> early you take that test. I started well, testing yeah. at four days this last time. Okay. And there was probably <laughs> not a line, but I was like, I'm going to be pregnant. So there's a line. Yeah. And, and in I'm, my head. I'm in the minority. I know I'm in the minority with testing early because I don't do it or I never did it. I don't like it. <laughs> I did it with Bjorn and that was good for that time. But the pressure was off a little bit for me since we already had a child this time. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. Either way you do it. Everybody's different. Yeah. Either way you do it, it's super nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just do it whenever you think it'll be easier for you to handle the results. Yep. And then you Whatever continue they might be. on all the progesterone and estrogen. I was also on estrogen this last time but you you continue on that until it i mean technically you could stop at eight weeks but most doctors will have you stop at 10 to 12 weeks or later they'll be checking so they'll if you're they'll be checking all those levels again so if they want you to stay on it you'll stay on it like i said i i did progesterone well into my second trimester so and you get a lot of um, early ultrasounds like you probably will get one at five weeks to make sure that the baby implanted in the right place Mm -hmm. and then you have a seven week ultrasound to check for a heartbeat yeah I guess we didn't mention the beta like you can do the at-home pregnancy test, but the beta, oh. which you don't get to do in a normal, like if you conceive spontaneously, the beta <laughs> will confirm that you are for sure pregnant with your RE. And the beta is a blood test and you'll usually have, it's a quantitative data, beta, right? Yeah. 
And so you'll have one on, say, a Monday, and then you'll have another one on Wednesday to make sure that your number doubles. Yeah, they're always looking for beta numbers to double. And the beta game is another, like, like just a whole can of worms for people because I feel like that's the thing. Once you, there's never a point where most people, like, they just relax because now you're like, okay, now that I have a beta, now I have to worry about if it's doubling. And now I have to worry about does the baby have a heartbeat? And it's like, it doesn't end once you get pregnant, <laughs> the worrying um, because of infertility. You're just never yeah. able to be blissfully unaware. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you naturally stinks. pregnant women? <laughs> oh. I but wanted to circle back. Picture. Yeah. Just focus on that. I wanted to say one thing, circle back about the semen sample sperm sample yes so this was one thing that i haven't heard a lot of other people do but my doctor recommended it um when before we did ivf before we did the egg retrieval she had she suggested that bill come in and do um give a sperm sample to freeze just in case things went awry (laughs) same day did you Yes. Well, I mean, I didn't, but Peter Well, did. yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's really, like, solid advice because the last thing you want is to go all the way through IVF and do an egg retrieval and then, and then your partner can't, like, misses the cup or something. Or he gets stuck at work or... Or, right, or so, whatever, like, it's just good to have that insurance. So I think that's a good thing for people to ask about, ask their doctor about. So I'm glad we did it. Like, then it, and it does take a little pressure off the guy. Yeah. Because, you know. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, that's, that's IVF. Oh, the embryo freezing, too. If you're doing genetic testing, that takes a while, too, just so everybody knows. Once you send because they have they usually you know it just takes a while several weeks to get them tested and at get least. results and then they, at least do they send the embryos off or do they just send a bit of the embryo off probably depends well i think like some places can do it in-house and then it depends on the clinic, and some of them have to send it to a lab where they can test it. And I would assume they send the whole embryo. Like, they're not just taking a chunk out and sending it. I would assume that they let the people testing take the chunks out. <laughs> <laughs> Something we need to look into, because I don't know. We will. I mean, we just covered IVF in, like, 10 minutes. That's hard to do. <laughs> Because it's so complicated. And we're going to spend so much time talking about all these individual things coming up. Well, I hope that it helped people kind of get a idea, an idea an of overview. what IVF involves. Yeah. Yeah. But so, shall we move on to out of the box? Out, out of, of the, the box. box. Sure. <laughs> so we're talking about Facebook 
Yay! <laughs> and this is a new thing for our Facebook group. Uh, do you want to explain it? Sure. So we have we have a lot of different types of people in the Facebook group, which is great. Um, but we wanted to create a linked group for pregnancy and children so that this is this is so that we can avoid anything that could be triggering to people that are still struggling to get pregnant. But a lot of the people in the group like have recently become pregnant or and that's the goal like we're all hoping to get there and once you get there you still have questions and you still want to talk about this stuff especially like pregnancy related to fertility treatments because a lot of times you're still like it's still the infertility is still part of your pregnancy if you know what you know what I mean like you're still it's taking hard to get out of that and, mindset and go to a normal mindset of just pregnancy instead of just being scared all the time <laughs> right so it's just another but we we also understand that we don't want people posting anything about pregnancy in the facebook group like like in the main one you're right we don't want people saying you know my boobs are so swollen what's going on <laughs> this is yeah, not the place pregnancy for it. questions to infertile people Exactly. Because there's a so, lot of people who do not have any children in there. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I know it's a tricky, like, we're hoping that we're we're doing this to, like, protect people's, like I said, like, we don't want people asking questions about pregnancy or then, like, children, like, like, you know, baby led weaning and, like, sleep training. Like, we, those are not allowed in the, for t in the in our Absolutely main Facebook not. group. And it's probably yeah. better not to talk about <laughs> sleep training <laughs> in any mommy group. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that's so the linked group will be for those types of questions for pregnancy and children. And even if you um, are still if you're going through fertility treatments, you can be in the linked group if that kind of stuff doesn't like you know doesn't trigger you or doesn't bother you like if you're if curious about you. pregnancy if it interests you then it's there like it's not exclusive to people with that are pregnant or have kids it's just we're just taking it out of the group that's just about infertility because yeah like people could share bump pics and like kid updates in there too like we might share more about our personal lives in there yeah maybe <laughs> maybe yeah we will never do that though in the main the infertile mafia group and we're no. not going to allow anyone else to do it either so just so just so you know like i guess we thought it was important to let everyone know exactly like what the facebook group is for <laughs> the facebook group is for support for infertility not for parenting or pregnancy so we've yes. created the linked group and it's called I'm making this up on the spot Sarah and I haven't talked about it I was going to say what's it called because I don't know <laughs> like I don't know the infertile mafia mamas or something I don't know it'll be you'll see it <laughs> so if anyone wants to join that group 
that's great. But we just wanted to give you guys a heads up that that was happening. Yeah. We just yeah. want to make your experience with the Infernal Mafia pleasant. <laughs> right. On uh, different levels, you know? Yeah. And like you said, I just, I feel like people who go through infertility and then they all of a sudden get pregnant and then they, it's like, what, am I supposed to now hang out with like the normal pregnant people? And you feel yeah. like you have to switch friend groups all of a sudden? Yeah, like you but can't you, really talk to your friends who are still in the wait about pregnancy stuff at length. Yeah, you can talk to some of them, but some of them don't want to come along the journey with you. And some of them might not say anything. Yeah. So that's why, but you also don't want to necessarily, like I was like this, I didn't necessarily like dish about pregnancy stuff to just my normal pregnancy friends. Like I still, there were still a lot of things that I wanted to talk to just like with other people that had gone through infertility and had gone through pregnancy. So yeah, because that's there, what that group is for. There are infertile aspects to pregnancy if you've yeah. done treatments. Yeah. For example, I was on Lovenox until I gave birth. And that yeah. is a fertility. I mean, it's not a fertility drug, but it was prescribed because of infertility and, I, and my progesterone shots and my immune therapy and all. I did that until I gave birth. So that's the kind of place to talk about infertility related topics after pregnancy and children. And then there's, yeah, there's the after giving birth part. Yeah. There's a higher the rate after of... after birth part. <laughs> after birth. Postpartum oh. depression in, yeah. in fertile people. Yeah. There are some things about birth no one told me about that I would have liked <laughs> to know. <laughs> yeah. So, again, that group is open to anyone. It's not exclusive it's open to anyone in the Infertile Mafia Facebook group, but we did want to create a different space for pregnancy and children. So there you go. Yes, there it is. There it is. Pretty much it. That's it. That was a boring out of the box, but I mean, we'll, we'll try to do it. better next time. <laughs> we'll keep it uh, more humorous next time. So as we just said, join our closed Facebook groups called the infertile mafia and then the new group will be linked in there uh follow us on instagram at infertile mafia podcast feel free to send us an email to infertile mafia gmail.com and of course don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff in our next episode we're talking about hindsight and how it's 2020 we're sharing from you guys about what you wish you would have known going through infertility treatments. Yeah, that one, we got a lot of good feedback. Yeah. I think that like, one's going to be a good, a good episode. Like things especially things you wouldn't have even thought about. Yeah, and in the same like vein of people thinking about doing IVF, I think there was a lot of feedback that we got that we're going to share that will be helpful if it's something that you're considering in the near future. So... Yep. 2020. Hindsight. Right. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. Bye.